Good morning. 637 here on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's the Pensacola Morning News. Uh, joining us now, we have Wes Moreno. He is the Escambia County Administrator. He joins us every Thursday to give us either a preview of the meeting, which there isn't one today, so they don't have that, but or an update on what's going on in general in the county. Wes, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Hey, good morning, Andrew. It's great to be here this morning. Great to have you. Uh, first thing I want to ask about, and I, I ask this, uh, I mean, I think I know the answer, but I keep I get questions from people, and I always like to pass on their questions to you. And the question was, "Hey, that sailfish sign, <laughs> you know." Uh, and yeah. not you know, not everybody knows even that the county owns that. A lot of people think it's Gulf Breeze's responsibility or Santa Rosa County's responsibility, or maybe the SRIA owns it or something like that. But that is Escambia County owns that property, owns that sign, and we're in the process of getting the new sign made to replace the third sign. But we're getting it made by the people who made the second sign. So hopefully, fingers crossed. It's really going to be right. How close are we? We are about 35 to 40% complete on the fabrication of the sign. Uh, something we're tracking pretty hard, and we're excited about it. I think you know, getting this sign back up, getting it back functioning will be a big deal, especially moving into the upcoming uh, summer season, which will be here, believe it or not, before you know it. Uh, and speaking of the sign on the beach, you know, we've done quite a few things on the beach uh, this past year, a year and a half. You know, the hot right going down Fort Pickens is a big deal. It's really helped with our traffic situation. We brought more cars onto that beach this past summer. That, that, by the way, I did pa- pause because that, that really is, I mean, you know, I hadn't driven that too much, but, you know, a couple of times over the last few months I've been down there, and that really is a significant improvement. Not You know, the, the right turn dedicated is, you know, it seems like a small thing, but it's a bunch of small things that have been done over the last couple of years that really add up to a total change in the traffic down there. Go ahead. Yeah, it really has. You know, that was an initiative that Commissioner Bender brought forward, and it's just made such a huge difference to the cars for the cars and folks coming onto the beach and the traffic pattern within Sacramento Beach has been a help. The uh, beach access road on, on the sound side, what a great amenity that is, and the reconstruction of all the pavilions at uh, Quiet Water, all the pavilions at Park West, the rehabilitation of the bathhouses at Park West and Park East, and we're fixing to do some work there at Casino Beach Bathrooms. Uh, the painting of the beach ball was a big thing. I mean, we've just, it's just been so much work and so much initiative that we've put out on Pensacola Beach. And, uh, you know, I don't know how much of it goes noticed or unnoticed, but, I, you know, I guess I take, take notice of it because when I hear folks say, uh, you know, there hadn't been a lot done on the beach. I'm like, where you been? <laughs> you know, we, we, put, we, yeah. we, we have put a lot of effort on that beach, you know, and, and there's more good things to come. And so I'm proud of the work that we've done. Uh, Commissioner Bender is always leading that charge, and I, I'm just uh, happy to happy to take that initiative and put it put it into action, bring it to fruition, and excited about what we're going to be doing in the upcoming months before the next uh, summer season. Yeah, absolutely, and I, and I appreciate some of that. I didn't know about the refurbishments that have been done to the restrooms uh, at the Park East and Park West. Um, you know, I didn't know the pavilions have been worked on. I knew about the road on the. If people don't know what we're talking about parallel to uh, 399 when you get off of the Bob Sykes Bridge, there's now a road running through the what the parking lot on the sound side. That's just It's a way of diverting traffic so that the traffic that's going through the parking lots there doesn't have to go on the road itself, which is a, you know, it's that's a benefit. And even things like people might forget that you know, the change of the traffic flow pattern within Casino Beach parking lot, uh, that was something that was done within the last couple of years. Obviously, the signalization management uh, that's, you know, part of the preliminaries to the advanced traffic management system, 
like every part of this is making it a little bit better. And uh, I, you know, I find it noticeable when I go out there and drive. So no, kudos to you and your folks for taking care of all that stuff. And the sailfish sign will be done as soon as it can be. <laughs> you know, we'll have that as soon. As, and 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 that's not really, you know. I, I don't know. I I really blame the company that put it in. Um, of course, they blame Sally. And in the end, you know, insurance is, is paying. So, you know, all good. Let's just get the one back mm-hmm. in. Let's get it running. Um, the Escambia County Fire Rescue is doing an abilities test, right? Yeah, they are. Uh, they do this, you know, on a regular basis. And it's part of our recruitment. And also as part of uh, recertification, I guess, if you will, uh, is what I call it for our existing firefighters. And, it's uh it's pretty involved. Uh, you got to be you got to be in shape to do this. It's uh, like forty sit ups in two minutes, uh, nine and a half in fifteen minutes, uh, a hose pull in twenty seven seconds, and they call it a Kaiser sled, but it's a chopping chopping prop is what it is. You got to complete that in sixty seconds. Tower revolution in six minutes, and then the, you know have a dummy pull and some other things, and it's it's pretty strenuous. We have a YouTube video up on the Scammy County YouTube channel. If you're interested in taking a look at that, it it kind of Kind of lets you get a glimpse into uh, what has to happen in order to be uh, a firefighter here in Scandia County, and so I, you know, I'm, I, I have the utmost respect for those folks that work in fire. They go through a lot. They're a top-notch team, and uh, I'm, I'm happy to have have them on board. Uh, we have we have great personnel there in fire, and and it's getting better and better. And uh, I'm just excited about it. And and this is okay. So I don't I have somehow somehow I don't have it on my list. Uh, I didn't put it in today's show prep. But do you know when that tryout is going to be? Uh do not. I have to verify when the tryout's going to be. All right, let me see if I can go find it while we're talking, because I know I had it, and then I was kind of surprised I did not have it in my show prep for today. Uh, fair enough. Hey, on Thursday's agenda, you and I had talked about this many times, the new plan for the naloxone, I think is how you say it, which is the you know trying to get people who have overdoses go to the hospital and then try to get them into uh, treatment, basically, where they would get this in their system so that they would neither want the drugs nor get high from them if they did take them, uh, but that just little bit of shepherd between the one and the other event is one of the things that Chief Torcell thinks would be a key to improving our ability to get those folks off of the drugs. But this item was pulled from the agenda, the funding acceptance. What's going on there? Yeah, so, you know, we're working in conjunction with the state, and there's a scope of work that has to be drafted and approved by their legal and our legal. And we put it on the agenda with the anticipation that we'd be able to finalize that scope of work and uh, just couldn't quite bring it over the line in time for last for the last meeting, but you will definitely be seeing that item come back onto the agenda. I think it's a great initiative that we're going to be implementing, and but we got to get that that scope of work just right. And so we're working on that, but it, you will see it back on the agenda, and it will have full support, I'm sure. And and I know this is one of Chief Torcell's initiatives, and maybe he's a little bit closer to the data than you are, but uh, one of the things we've been talking about this week with both sheriffs, uh, Sheriff Johnson had made the observation that they have this stuff available in the Santa Rosa County Jail, and the inmates who are there because of drug-related offenses don't want it because they'd rather run the risk of you know death or overdose in order to be able to get the high. Um, mm-hmm. I asked Sheriff um, Simmons about this yesterday, and he said that may be true, but at the same time, if we can save some, maybe that's a good thing. You know, my my concern is that we're too optimistic on being able to convert a lot of these addicts mm-hmm. over onto the medicated treatment. Um, and I wonder if you're, you know, kind of your perspective on that, if that's a concern that you have that really in the end, practically, there won't be that many who are willing to follow through with it. Well, I, you know, I, I've 
had those conversations as well. I guess I would say I'm hopefully optimistic. And kind of like Sheriff Simmons says, if we can save one or two or five, you know, that that's that's good. Um, I, I, you know, listen, it's tough. I, I know uh, a little bit about, you know, drug court and veterans court and some of those especially courts. And there's a lot of accountability in, in those programs. And still some of the clients in those programs, they still struggle. You know, it's a struggle. It's it an is. absolute struggle, even with that level of accountability. Um, however, you know, I, I think it's good for us to put something into place and take some initiative and, uh, you know, work hard to save the ones that want to be saved, save the ones that we can save, and, uh, you know, try to make that difference in our community. And uh, by the way, just to follow up, I did uh, manage to find the Escambia County Fire Rescue, and I got a text in from one of our fire rescue people confirming same thing, that November 14th, it's November 14th, and it's very easy to find the information at myescambia.com. Kudos to your folks for making information so available. Uh, Wes Moreno, hang on for just a second. He's the Escambia County Administrator. Let's get a traffic break in here on the fives with Candy Cullerton. Okay, and we're not showing any slowdowns uh, right now. You can text 437-1620 if you see that slowdown. Uh, Munson Highway and Wolf Road showing an accident, but that's it's been moved off to the side. I'm Candy Cullerton uh, with your traffic on the fives. Thanks so much, Candy. Uh, back to West Moreno. We have been making more progress. Uh, you know, let's take for granted that people believe it's a good project. There's been a lot of debate about this project, but the the broadband expansion, particularly in the North End District Five, Stephen Barry's district, he gave an update on this last week. Where are we at in you know basically getting internet to all of these remote locations in the North End and other places in the county that don't currently have it for broadband? Yeah, I think we're getting closer and closer. Those talks are continuing. Uh, there's some activity going on in the extreme north end, I would say, from Barino Park Road north up and through Century, which uh, we, we call that the, we call Barino Park Road the north end, but it's really about the midway point yeah. uh, ge- geographically of Gimme County. Uh, but there is some activity going on. There's uh, been some RPs and some proposals put forward. And those talks are continuing, and I think within the next month you'll probably see something come to the board or see some relative action uh, going on as far as broadband to the fiber, to the homes uh, in the extreme north end of the county. Very good. And one thing that, uh, you know, it's it's kind of this general question that I have been wanting to ask you for a while, and I think the conversation about the sailfish sign brings it to the forefront which is a lot of times when we're bidding out work that we do, um, you know, whether it's, you know, work, you know, and, and I know it's an FDOT project, not your project, but like the Three Mile Bridge went to Skanska, lowest bidder. Um, the sailfish sign went to lowest bidder. And a lot of times we pick the lowest bidder and it seems like the sort of the fiscally responsible way to do things. But it's not fiscally responsible if then later on, you know, have to come in and do it again or fix it or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so what what are the considerations that the county allows to take into account when maybe the bidder isn't the lowest one, but maybe they're the better bid or the one that we think is the more reliable bid. It seems like a lot of times taking the lowest bidder is, you know, the cheapest product is the cheapest product for a reason, right? Yeah, I think there's things like, our, you know, civil construction projects, or even vertical construction projects to a degree, depending on the size of the project. Uh, you can go lowest bidder and, and, you know, we're pretty comfortable with our, our our local contractors that do that type of work. When you have something, I think what we've learned is when you have something like the fish sign or um, some, you know, maybe some other kind of activity, maybe you would go up for proposals. Like a specialty proposals. item or something like that? Yeah, yeah. And so you take proposals, and then you have, you're able to review the proposals, 
you're able to ask questions of, of the submitters. Yeah, uh, you're able to assess uh, what their abilities are, get more references if you, if, if, it's, if, you, if you need to, and just do a little more background work and able to pick with who the, per, the vendor you feel is the best that can complete the work efficiently and on time and do a great job with it, as opposed to just taking the lowest bidder. You know, I understand the lowest bidder is probably not always uh, the best person for the job, but it's, it's kind of a mess between the two. And you know, an RFP versus uh, an invitation to bid. And so we're kind of, I find myself looking more for proposals these days. Yeah. Uh, with some of our more complex projects and, or stuff that, you know, we know it's a little more difficult. It's not your average, average everyday run of the mill. So uh, the RFP is our friend. It lets us do a little more uh, in-depth research uh, to the folks who are proposing and also lets us make a little bit better decisions going forward. And, you know, the, the the analogy that I'm thinking of while we're talking about this is, you know, when you hire for a position, you don't just hire the person who says they'll work for the least. <laughs> you know, you hire right. you hire Absolutely. the person you hire the person who's going to do the best work and then you figure out how much it's worth you to pay them. And, you know, hopefully they're agreeable to that. And it seems like in our and sometimes in our, you know, selection for purchasing, we don't approach it that way, but that might be a, maybe a better way to approach it so that we do get the better quality. Sometimes it's worth paying for and not have to redo it later. But I know that's – anyway, that's just, I, I, there's a question I've been wanting to ask you for a while, and I think it's useful for people to hear how that process goes on from uh, the county administrator. Wes Moreno, as always, thank you so much for the time, sir. We'll talk to you again next Thursday. All right. Thank you, Andrew.